our uh, mural. I said, we're not touching our mural. You're not going to put any bolts on my wall. I, said, I told him, I said, we're going to have to look for one of these for the Hey, you're listening to Real Talk for Jesus. Extending is there to listen to you with their host, Becky Pan. And it works perfectly, man. It gets you almost up. It gets about 90 degrees turning in there. I mean, it's perfect, but we have to work on it. But again, it's just that where there's a will, there's a way. You gotta understand that. And that sounds really trite because we use it all the time. But just think about what I'm saying right now. You being single, there's a way that you can be used by God. Because some people are like, oh, I'm single, I can't be used by God. That's such a fallacy. The Bible says flat out in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 34, 35, 36, it says single people are worried about pleasing God. Married women are worried about pleasing their husband. Married men are worried about pleasing their wife. And so therefore, take advantage of your singleness. That's what he's basically saying. Take advantage of you got a lot of time. You got a lot of time, and you can live in different situations. Oh, you think about rent, I got this, and I got a car payment and everything. You know, you can give that up in a second, just so you know. I mean, you can just say, you know, here's the car, you can wait with somebody, and give up your house and not rent anymore, and say, I'm going to Japan or Philippines or, or whatever you want to go. And say, I'm going. It's really possible. It's really good. But you guys are on the treadmill. <laughs> oh, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to stay with You're like, there's a stop. Stop! Jump off the treadmill. Say, I'm going to take a week of my life and seek the Lord's will. I mean, that's the most radical thing you can do. I got a vacation come up. I'm going to take the week of my life. I'm just going to seek God's will. And I'll sit there, put my face to the Lord, and say, Lord, whatever you want from me, show me right now. If you want me to do something radical, I am ready. But you got to be ready. Because if you hear me and say, oh, that's really good idea, and you go home and start feeling insecure, go ahead and feel insecure. I mean, that's what you want to feel. But your security is in Jesus. We're, we're, we're building our house on the rock. We're not building it on the sand. Insecurity is sand. If you're a sand builder, then you're going to be insecure the rest of your life. But if you're a rock builder, because you're building a rock, you're going to be secure the rest of your life. You go home and say, Lord, I'm going to do something radical. I'm going to take my vacation. I'm going to go to a place where I can be by myself. And obviously, as ladies, you can't really just like, go up to a mountain and camp out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it doesn't happen. I actually did that when I was uh, 21 years old, 22 years old. I actually did. I went up to Forest Home Christian Conference. Okay, Forest Falls, up in the mountains above Riverside, above Yukaipa. And I went up there, and I, I, drove, I went up halfway up the mountain, and I stayed there for five days, and I went to the very top, Santa Fagoni, on the top, all by myself. There was somebody the day before, there was somebody the day after. But the day I went there, I was all by myself. It was above the tree line. It feels like you're on the moon. And I had a full moon that day. And I, well, first of all, let me get some, some serious uh, uh, circumstances in here. They had one of the biggest fires in the, in the whole other basin. When I got up there, I had smog. I couldn't believe it. I was on top of the mountain. Why am I breathing hard? And then I looked out, and I was on top of the smog. I mean, top of the cloud because it was starting to dissipate, dissipate. And it was like, I was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then San Jacinto, you know, there's like twin mountains, San Diego and San Jacinto. It's where the tram is, Palm Springs, all that stuff. It started to come out like this cone. It was like, it, started, it, was, it looked like it was raising up because the clouds were going down. I was like this. Then I looked over and looked at the ocean. The sun was setting over the ocean. I had a reflection of the ocean from the top of San Gregorio. Come on, you're, you're in Palm Springs. But I could see a sunset over there. Then I looked around. The moon, the full moon was coming up on the other side. I said, this is a special day. It didn't take a lot of brains to figure that out. But I said, this is a special day, and God has something special for me. And that night, as I was praying, because I'd lost, I'd lost, I'd, I'd, um, we'd quit, we'd, uh, whatever the word, we, um, my person I was engaged to, we decided to call it off because it wasn't about and we talked about we we and I was sitting there the whole four days before that five days before I was in 
I take her away. But just remember, I told you guys the other day, and I tell people all the time, don't be lost and dumb. Be lost and smart. You know, because some people have a chance of being dumb because they're lost. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my business. So they're doing dumb things. It's like, hello, be lost and smart. So, I mean, when I was in college, I was lost until my junior year, my third year of college. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I graduated magna cum laude because I decided to be smart, lost and smart. Because every class, I'd give my 100% to the class, not because I knew where I was going, because that class was good in itself. So I said, that class is good in itself. I'm going to give it 100%. Instead of having excuses, I don't know where I'm going, so I'm getting Bs and Cs. No, I said, I'm going to get an A. I'm going to whip on this class. I'm going to, I'm going to work my butt off is what I'm going to do. If I can say that on tape, but I just said it. And it's like, I'm going to just really work really hard on that because that's what I need to do. And so that's what I did. And so the same thing in this. I knew that it was time to break out with her. I broke it out. And I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? So that was the next to last night I was up there. And the Lord showed me. He woke me up. I went to bed like at 12 and woke up about 2. And, and the Lord said to me, he said, he said, thank you, that was, that's Renee. And, uh, and um, so he showed me that night. He said, I took her away because I have this other person that's better for you. And that was Psalm 84, 11. If you want to write it down. Psalm 84, 11 says, um, it says, I will withhold no good thing from he who walks with integrity. So it's like, I'm walking in integrity. I'm living in full of, full of integrity. So therefore, you took her away. That means you have somebody better. That's what it means. So I said, oh, that was really radical. Then he said, I took away because I have somebody better for you for a better ministry. So everything's in the word better, okay? Just better. And so it's like, I was feeling really bad. I mean, I was really depressed. In fact, I'm not back in and cried for two hours with a friend. Because I was just so hurt. That's okay to be hurt. And it's okay to feel it. But in the long run, you have to pick up your pieces. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> you have to pick up your pieces and, and go and conquer life. You can't sit around and say, poor me, because everything fell through. And therefore, there's no hope for me in life. That's the most ridiculous fallacy. The most ridiculous false thought that the devil puts in our hearts. He says, you can't do anything because you already fell. So therefore, no, you can't, you can't do that. So, so you know, that's, that's what it comes down to. So anyway, that's that's what I did in my case is that I was I was I, would, I, would, I put it all together. And I went for so I did a seven day solo. But again, I'm a guy, and back then it was a big deal. But I wouldn't suggest that. But you can go to somebody's house, whether it's like a, a ranch house or a house next to somebody else's house, and you can. I mean, you can, if you want it, you can find it. Just believe me. If you say, God, I need to be by myself, I need to find your will. You want to be radical? Be radical. You want to be just touristy? Be touristy. I'm touristy in life. I got a good job. Got a good car. I got to get this, I'm, you know, I could get this. Okay, I'm cool, man. If you want to just be cool, be cool. But if you want to be radical, you got to go before the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you want for my life, I'm just radically ready to say whatever you want, I'm going to do it. You just have to do that. And you have, and especially single people, I'm serious. It's like, there's an, anybody listening to uh, Don't Waste Your Life, the study I said, you guys look it up, John Piper, write it on there. I mean, you know, there's some doctrinal differences from John Piper, those guys, but man, they're spiritually, I mean, they're in tune, believe me. And the study's called um, Don't Waste Your Life, or if, you can also look it up as uh, Only Boast in the Cross. Those are the two titles it has. But you got to listen to it. You just got to listen to it. Because it's just, it's just reality check. It's reality shock. It's <sighs> wake up. That's what it is. I mean, this study is just don't waste your life. I mean, the whole study is based on the fact that, that, um, that when, he, when his dad was an evangelist, and one time this old guy confessed, he's probably 70, 80 years old, and when he confessed, he went forward. It's kind of a Pentecostal-type environment. And, and he went forward. He, he couldn't stop repeating, I wasted it. I wasted it. I wasted it. He was talking about his whole life. And, of course, they encouraged him, hey, from now on, you don't waste it. You know, because the devil would knock you out. I wasted it. I wasted it. I never want to be able to say it. I want to live my life without it. 
regrets, man. I want to live my life that I left it all out there, man. I didn't hold back for anything. I mean, I left it out there. But the only way you can do that is by going through this process, which I'm talking about. It's like a filter. I mean, if anybody, Keith Green, I know my brother knows Keith Green, right? You've heard of Keith Green? The, the, anybody else heard of Keith Green? He's a radical guy. He sings. And he used to come around to churches. And, and his message was, God's commanded you to go. That was his message. Because the Bible basically says, go and preach the word of God. And, and obviously, you know, as you go through that and you study it, if God doesn't command you to stay, then he commanded you to go. And that's how we, that's how we interpret it. If he didn't command you to go to stay, then he commanded you to go. So therefore, go. And, you know, coming down here is going, okay, just a little bit. But this is just a three-day trip. But you got to think about a three-week trip and maybe a three-month trip. Maybe even a three-year trip after that. And just take advantage and do something radical. And what happens, if this is what's radical, is that when you actually do something radical, the radical people go and do the same radical things. And a lot of times you meet the, the radical person you're supposed to marry out on the radical field because he's a radical person. I like tried to abuse him a little bit there. But sometimes you don't meet the radical person at singles meeting. I mean, you don't meet it there or whatever, church. They don't because they're the people who are a little tourist anymore or like that. But the radical people, they're ready to get up everything. He hears my voice. He wants to come and help us things up. Why are you going to the little high here? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little dog there. Sorry to cut that out. And, but anyway, just you got to think like that. But that's what that's how that's how God works in our lives. And again, the Lord uses a lot of things in this. I mean, this, I'm going back to open doors. He because that's a thing I always bring up. He's going to open up radical doors for you guys. He's going to open them up to do radical things. But if you're not aware of them, you know, you're, if you're not tuned for that, you're going to miss the door. You're going to miss it for two reasons. I said last time. Like I can actually give three, but two main ones. One is you're not going to see it because you're not tuned. So therefore, this radical opportunity gave you by one time, shoo, man, you just went right over your head. You didn't even see it. And then the second reason, the main reason you're going to miss it is because of fear. Because you see this radical open door and you get scared. You run the other direction. But if your heart's ready, if you let God massage your heart and there's a radical door, and you're going to say, that's a radical door. That's a door for me. I should go through that door. Let me go try. Let me go knock first. Okay? Let's see if it opens. I mean, but, but we have radical enough to be on the dark. Most people are so fearful they didn't want to touch the door. I mean, for most people to say, I will go anywhere. I mean, you've got to be able to say, I will go anywhere. If you don't say that, then you're, you're stuck. You won't you'll get stuck. You have to be able to say, I will go anywhere. In my life, it was, it was oh my God. I, I, I was thinking a lot about studying Romans 12, 1 and 2, what you guys did, but I decided I wasn't, <clears throat> I wasn't going to study it. But that's how the Lord radically called me, was through Romans 12, 1 and 2. It was through a study by Josh McDowell. Most of you guys have heard of Josh McDowell. I'm a great author, and uh, he's mostly a um, apologist. He, he defends the word of God, and and, and he was saying the study called the person God uses, and he basically, in a nutshell, he said he uses Romans twelve one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable meaning logical. That's what it is in the Greek. Your logical service is that you give your life to God because He gave His life to you, so it's given back. And then it says, do not be conformed to this world, which means molded in this world, which means I have to work, I have to have a car, I have to do something. Get, get rid of the mold and say no. In Jesus' time, they didn't have cars, they didn't have this stuff, they didn't have uh, insurance. They didn't have not saying throw it in trash, but say consider the fact of giving it up to do something higher, a higher calling. And so therefore, do not be conformed to this world, do not be molded, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the word transform is from metamorphosis. It's, just a, it's a complete change. And the renewing of your mind is making it new. Your mind's new every day. It's not old. It's not old school. 
And then it says, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. You want to find the good and acceptable perfect life, you've got to go through the other steps. You've got to do the steps of presenting your body as a living and holy sacrifice uh, unto God. If you don't do that, that's radical. It's radical. Big time radical. It's like, Sarah, here I am. Send me. It's like, do whatever I need. And, and it's like that. And if you aren't ready to do that as a service to God, a spiritual service, and you aren't ready to not conform to this world, you're not ready to say, God, transform me. Do a radical transformation in me. If you're not ready for that, you won't find it. You just, you just won't find it. That's just right. You just won't find it. You're going to be nice in your little cocoon and you never come out of your cocoon. And again, if you want to live that rest of that, that's fine. I don't have any problems with that. I don't have any problems with you guys. But all I can say is that you won't find out if really God is really calling you. And last, one, a couple of studies ago, I said, what did I say? Um, if you don't go, you won't know. And it was like, it was, and I saw it right down the center. The good thing is I listened to my kids. I said, if you don't go, you won't know. So you have to go and try a three-month, three-week experience, a three-month experience, not your whole life. I mean, a lot of you guys have the opportunity in your job to at least get a couple weeks off. And if getting a couple months off is kind of harder. But if you're in between jobs, take advantage of it. Don't think of all the responsibility. Oh, I got this, I got this, I got this. I mean, just do it. I mean, I'm eternally grateful to, to Monica that every vacation she has, she's down here. I mean, she just drives her car down. At first, she was really conscious of driving down by herself. Now, she comes down at 2 o'clock in the morning. She's crazy. I mean, but, but if you're going by faith, you have mission. Hello. And I mean, it's like, that's what you have. You have to find She knows that. Of course, we're on the side making sure if anything happened, we're going to run and, and pick her up or whatever it needs. But it's like, but you know, we take our safeguards, but, but let's be radical. Let's just serve her for Jesus. And like I said, I wouldn't suggest anybody do that because if I suggested it and something happens, you're going to blame me. So I never suggested her that she did it. She's the one who said, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And I, because if, if you're radical enough, and you'll do that. And everything she's invested in this kingdom, believe me, there's going to be major spiritual difference. I mean, major. Everything she's done. And which is on and beyond the normal call, which most of you guys are part of the team. I mean, you're new here, but the other ones have all been here many times. And you guys are part of the team coming down four times a year. That's our goal. And um, this year it was, yeah, April, August, October, December, so four times. Because we always, and we had to squeeze this one in here. That's probably why there's less people here. But we squeezed it in. You guys were like, we want to come. So, okay, we want to come. I'll find you today because you guys are one of my main teams here. Because we're going to make it work because you guys are dedicated to them. And again, it wasn't second class because there's six people instead of, you know, 30 or 20. It wasn't second class. It's first class. Everything produces first class. I don't care if you're one person. I had one group come down here and said, it's just me. Nobody else signed up. I said, come on down. That was, that was Tito, you know, and he's, he's on our board now. I called up San Diego. I said, come on down. I don't care. We had a great trip. And the next trip was 10. Next trip was 20. Now he comes down to 30, 40. I said, just come. Because you mean your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, God is going to support that. You do radical things. But if you guys are there, oh, it's just me in second class. I'm not going to go. Then God's going to do second class work with you. Because that's what you decided to have. But if you want to be radical, then you go out and just do radical things because that you serve a radical God. I didn't choose my kind of spiritual legacy, not radical, but we can put radical legacy on there too today because that's what it sounds like we're talking about. But again, God gives me themes. I don't ask for them. I didn't, there's no radical in my notes, okay? Just because, no, it's not in there. But again, God speaks to your heart. God knows what you guys need. And so anyway, I heard that study about Josh McGowan at the end. He said, here I am, send me. That's Isaiah 6, 8, you know, paper. And Isaiah 6, 8 says, whom will I send? Who will go for me? And then Isaiah responds, here I am, send me. But you have to have that attitude of here I am, send me, because if you don't have it, he's not going to try to, he's not going to send you. Because yeah. he doesn't want to fight with you. I tell my kids this, and it's metaphorical, okay? 
I said, it's a lot easier if you pull me than I push you. Which means say, hey, I want to serve Jesus. You're pulling me. I'm going to work, I'm going to work and pray with you to do that. But I'm saying you should serve Jesus. He gets really heavy quick. And you can be 100 pounds, you get heavy really quick because it just gets tiring if you want. So in ministry, man, you guys got to be pulled. You guys got to have the motivation. You guys have the oomph. You guys have to have the, um, what's that cool word we use? Um, um, it's by God's, um, oh man, it's one of the verses in there. Impetus. Impetus. It would be in Spanish. We use it in Spanish. Impetus. It's impetus. I think it's Spanish. But it's just that inside motivation that just pushes you. You guys have to look for that. And if you go out and spend four days by yourself, five days by yourself someplace, you're going to get it. Believe me, you're going to get it. I mean, if you don't have it right now, you're going to get it. You get below before the Lord. I did three things on my own solo. I did three things. I said I prayed a lot. I read the Word a lot. And I read a book by A.W. Tozer, which everyone you should read. And everyone you should take that with you on this trip. It's called The Pursuit of God. It's the book after the Bible that you should read. That's, and I say that unequivocally. I, I, have no, I have no regrets about saying that. After the Bible, the next book you should read is Pursuit of God by David Tozer. I mean, it's just 10 chapters of just power about how to live out the Christian life. I mean, it's just absolutely radical. I mean, again, I go back. It was written in 1947 or something like that. The dedication is like 1965. I mean, it's an old book, but guess what? It doesn't get old. It's spiritual concepts. It's all the same stuff. All the same stuff. And he wrote that. It says right in there. He didn't write it on top of a mountain like a guru. He wrote it in a busy... Uh, a little little room on Chicago, in the middle of Chicago. With a train. <laughs> yeah, train in all kinds of places. And then again, it's just the fact that, that God is everywhere and God's going to speak to us when we open our hearts. And what, it, what his message in there is that you've got to give it up. I mean, I mean, there's so many chapters. I don't want to go through the chapters, but the second chapter is the blessedness of possessing nothing. Excuse me, let me say that again. The blessedness of possessing nothing. Like, not a little. Nothing. So that means your job, your car, everything I talked about giving up is not yours. It's just on loan from God. So you didn't really give up anything. You just gave up some loan stuff. You know, That's all you did. And again, Paul, obviously, man, has already figured this out. So he lives on this really low-budget lifestyle so that he can give everything out outside because nothing says anyway. And, and, of course, he does have a house now, of course, but it only for one reason. So he can have parents there. That's the only reason he bought it. I mean, it's like, praise God. You know, it's, it's like, do it. Do it. It's all God. Anyway, so just do it. And so, anyway, uh, so, so that's what it comes comes down to is 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 saying, Lord, here I am, send me, I'm ready to give everything up. And like I said, I went on that that that, that solo, and then I heard this tape. And when I heard, I heard this tape before that solo, and um and I said I was in my little yellow bug, and I actually like kneeled in my little bug, which I really didn't. I kneeled in my heart because a little Volkswagen bug, I didn't have enough space to kneel in there. But I, in my heart, I kneeled and said, Lord, here I am, send me. Lord, I'm not going to be confirmed to this world. Lord, I want to find you good and acceptable and perfect. Lord, here it is. I'm giving you everything. Because in the study, it talks about if you're a doctor, put your stethoscope on, you know, metaphorically. Put your stethoscope on, on the altar. If you're a lawyer, put your books on the altar. And then you can extend it out there and say, if you're a mechanic, put your tools on the altar. If you're a photographer, put your cameras on, the, on there. If you're an, what do you, evaluator, that's my guy in Spanish. And you put on your little tape measure, and that's all you need to do your job. <laughs> it's just a tape measure. And you put your tape measure on it, you know? That's all you need, right? I mean, everything else is on computer and stuff like that. And, um, and look it up, the, and, and computer. So put your computer on there, too. But, I mean, just whatever it is you do, put it on the altar and say, Lord, use this for your life. I mean, I'm just giving it up to you. If you want to take it away, take it away. But it's my security. I mean, especially guys. I mean, all the girls, too, because girls work, too. But in the old days, when girls worked, the ladies stayed home this whole time. I'm sorry, I'm an old guy. 
when I was born in 1958, it was pretty much like that, okay? And it was, uh, you know, pretty much, but it was like, you know, the guys, all the securities in their job. So saying, here's my job, here's my, you know, if you're a carpenter, put your skills on there. So I used to be a carpenter, I put it in there. No, but I need my skills over my job, it's my security. That's your security, go ahead. But yes, a little bit lousy security, it's, it's sand building. You're, you're building on sand, is what you're doing. Because there's nothing there. You have to get rid of the sand and say, here it is, send me. And that's just, I mean, it's just off the charts. I mean, it's just absolutely radical. And again, I, I say that to you because that's what legacy is. Legacy is this. You know, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the course and I've kept the faith. The course means, you know, good fight, we know that. That's spiritual fight. I mean, that's all the way. And it's fighting against this desire for security. I mean, just believe me, one of your biggest battles is against security. It's not bad to have security. It's going to be, it's a one one. The kids are leaving me. Um, good fight is a fight against everything. A fight against all those forces that are trying to force you not to be concentrated on God. That's what they are. And then the course is everything, the spiritual course especially, but it's also your 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 mission in life, your purpose in life. And and your per- if I go off, I can go off for days. We, we talked about some numbers. But I mean, I have all these synonyms of it. It's your calling. It's your mission. Mm-hmm. It's your purpose in life. It's your destiny.